Written by Gary Foley and John Harding, when The Dirty Mile debuted in 2008, it was a promenade play, walking audiences through the streets of Fitzroy. Presented by Ilbidgeri Theatre Company, it gave a unique look into the vibrant black community of inner-city Melbourne. Now, Seniors Online Victoria has adapted The Dirty Mile into a radio play. John joined Away's Jerome Commissari for a chat about bringing the show to radio and how The Dirty Mile got its name. Well, back in the day, the... um the suburb of Fitzroy was was quite um, renowned for being quite a scary suburb. A lot of, I guess they'd say, a lot of crims and it was very, you know, poverty-stricken and it was a really seedy, you know, a seedy part of Melbourne. The irony is, is that, you know, Aboriginal families were quite happily living there for since the 1940s, you know. Um, so it was the white perception. Um, so the um, Dirty Mile is the actual distance of four streets. So it creates a block, which is Nicholson Street, Fitzroy, to Gertrude Street, Fitzroy, down Gertrude Street to Smith Street, Fitzroy, and then Smith Street to Johnson Street, Fitzroy, and, and then up Johnson Street back to Nicholson. That is the Dirty Mile. That's where a lot of Aboriginal people lived and a lot of organisations existed and were created that were then copied all over Australia. Welcome to the Dirty Mile, where white people come to find their dreams and the blacks to escape their nightmares. So step right up to the footpath, folks. I'll point out the landmarks and the seedy soaks. Come walk with me a little while as we tread the infamous Dirty Mile. And where is that copper taking that little girl? Away from danger and into an institution where a whole new family waits. Never to see her family again. Never to know a home. Some will say it's for the kids' own good as they dump her in a danger zone. Welcome to the Dirty Mile, where white people come to find their dreams and the blacks to escape their nightmares. Where crimson coppers are royalty and ladies have no fear. The factories are the boarding rooms, the pubs with ice cold beer. My um, adopted sister, Lisa Belair, who's passed away, uh, she had the idea and I remember her talking about, to me as a, you know, a budding writer, why don't we do a... A, um, like a sitcom based on the Aboriginal Health Service and all the gossip, and let's let's you know use the Aboriginal health workers and the dental dental nurses as the characters and the doctors and the you know the drivers and the field workers, and they can be the characters and we can just talk about you know all the gossip and the issues that go on in the community, and then somehow that evolved. I didn't do anything about that, and then that evolved to her talking to people in uh, at Albidgery, and then the idea of the Dirty Mile came, and then they approached. Um, me eventually to write The Dirty Mile. The Dirty Mile, though, wasn't the play in a traditional sense, was it? What was it like? Well, it was the first um, promenade play, which is the official term for it. Basically, you are walking through history. So you take the audience on a, on a walking tour. Um, so for us, it was The Dirty Mile. So we started the, the audience at the exhibition buildings in, in Carlton or Carlton Gardens, as they're probably better known now, and then we took them down Gertrude Street to Smith Street. So we had marshals who were the parkies. So the parkies of Fitzroy were the marshals <laughs> in their bright orange vests, really enjoying the power. Yeah. And so we would stop them, uh, intermittently stop them. So we'd, we'd tell a story at the Carlton Gardens, then we'd cross Nicholson Street, and then the play kind of began. 
um, in, a, in terms of being in Gertrude Street, characters, actors that played probably six different roles. So we had six actors probably playing anywhere between four and six different roles, characters, and they would pop out, um, you know, on street corners or out of a laneway and they would be characters from history. So there was like a World War One soldier busking, you know, which was Leroy Parsons. And um, he would tell the story of why he's in Fitzroy. So it was all about explaining to people that this, this is a story of how blacks are constantly dispersed and why was, Fitzroy was created because blacks were dispersed across Victoria and ultimately came to Melbourne looking for work and safety and protection, really. And that's, that's what created the, the community of Black Fitzroy. What about the health centre and all these other centres, the dental service? What, what was their contribution like? Did they enjoy it? Yeah, they were, they were um, very, you know, cooperative because it was really promoting their history. It was saying, you know, that health service that you see there, we're going to tell you how it started, you know. <laughs> that legal service, you know, that exists, um, it might be over in, in um, Preston now, but that was where it first started, that little terrace house there. And, and we explained the reasons why we need legal services and health services, like why they were created, you know, and who created them. Because people think that, you know, Dan Andrews just turned around one day and gave a grant and said, hey, why don't you have a health service? Why don't you have a legal service? I mean, no one wanted us to have these services, you know. It was op- opposition and it was a hard-fought activist struggle to get, a, you know, um, a legal service, for example. And it was it was done through finding lawyers that wanted to do pro bono work to help Aboriginal people, you know. It was done by finding doctors that wanted to work for next to nothing to help Aboriginal people. It was, you know, it was a constant struggle and that was that went arm in arm with the dispersal, you know. It was two things happening at the same time. And the the, the ultimate struggle for these organisations was just to keep us alive long enough and out of jail long enough so that we could actually exist. Sites of significance all around here. Across the road on the corner is the current home of the Victorian Aboriginal Education Associated Incorporated at Brunswick Street. Up the road on this side was the site of the Aboriginal Housing Board of Victoria from 1987 to 1995. The Victorian Aboriginal Child Care Agency was established in 1978 at 5 Brunswick Street and the Aboriginal Legal Service started in 1975 at 11 Brunswick Street. The Career Information Centre was situated at Gertrude Street in 1982 where the record shop is now and the famous Parkies meeting space just over there where the concrete square is with the benches. Hey mob, there's a benefit dance on. Are you coming? There's a rock and roll band playing and everything. It's to raise funds for the Lake Ties campaign. Come on. You know the day this cries a night. Night a day. So you, there's some education of activism here. It's a for us, by us production. Was there a big educational element to this, John? Oh, there was. And it's the first play um, that I've done where you're actually jumping in and out of reality and back to fiction and history. And that was, you know, also explaining what was going on in each decade and how that impacted on Aboriginal people. Um, you know, so, for example, in the um, in the 60s, you know, we, we talk about um, how the Aboriginal Advancement League passed from Sir Doug Nichols and, and church-going sort of activists. 
that were partnering with white people like Gordon Bryant and then how the Black Panther sort of blacks came and took it over. And they, you know, they, they just said, no, this has got to be run by black people. And that was a really historical moment in, in Victoria, you know, in fact, nationally. And that's when people like Bruce McGuinness, you know, emerged and, and Bob Mazza was there, mm. you know. Um, so that's when they took black control or as they, they coined the word community control. Mm. So, you know, this is in the play as well. Well, no wonder it was so popular because the whole community got on board. Now, John, yeah. let's have a yarn about the new iteration of The Dirty Mile. Yes. How did it work as a radio play? Well, I went through the script by myself in my bedroom <laughs> and thought, I closed my eyes and thought, do you know what? There's not a lot I need to change. Um, there was really minute parts, uh, but the main thing was the link, linking up the scenes because if you, if you can imagine the difference between, you know, an actor finishing their, their, their little bit, their little scene, and then the audience being ushered by marshals another 20 metres down Gertrude Street, that gap in time now long, no longer exists. Mm. So, so you need to then tweak what happens, how that scene finishes and the next one starts to make it a little bit more, I guess, tight and realistic um, and entertaining for the audience. Who are some of the more notable characters? Within the play, there are real-life historical characters and characters that I've created um, that fit into the different chronologically, into the different decades of the play. But we, we touch on, for example, Sir Douglas Nichols when he when he was running his church, uh, the Gore Street Church in Fitzroy, and he was, you know, a, a pastor. And um, so we talk about him, but what he created was basically it was a political church. He had, you know, he had famous um, black people from all over the world. When they came to Melbourne, they visited his church and Harold Blair, famous opera singer, so famous Aboriginal people would go there as well, boxers, um, singers, but also people from overseas. Harry Belafonte went to that church. So, you know, lots of famous people. Muhammad Ali visited Fitzroy in, the, in 1979 and I was there and shook his hand. So, But also Laurie Moffat was the leader of the Lake Tyres, the Save Lake Tyres campaign, which was an Aboriginal reserve in Far East Gippsland that the government wanted to close down. And Laurie Moffat, who's one of their Aboriginal leaders, he he uh, worked with Doug Nichols, Sir Doug Nichols, to stop that. And so we, they used to bring a truckload of Lake Tyres blackfellas to Fitzroy to join up with Sir Doug. And on the back of the truck, they would have a megaphone and try and rally support and money to to support the campaign. So Laurie Moffat's in the play. Gough Whitlam's in the play. Uh, Bob Maz is in the play famous Bob Mazza, the actor, who's also my uncle. <laughs> um, he, he's in the play talking about con community control and taking control away from white people and putting organisations into the hands of, of black people. The Parkies are in the play. Um, Arthur the Barber is in the play. Arthur used to cut all the hair of the famous who, activists. Who is Arthur the Barber, John? So he's a Macedonian barber who's still there today, believe it or not. <laughs> Amazing. And he used to cut the hair of all the famous black activists. So he was right in the middle. His barber shop's right in the middle of Gertrude Street next to the Builder's Arms. So, you know, if black fellas had a, some spare money, they would, wanted to look good for the cabaret coming up or the NADOC ball or whatever, they'd zip in there and he'd give them a cheap haircut because he was became friends with all of them. They were brothers to him. And he was the same age as the, you know, the very people that were creating the Aboriginal organisations. That was his generation. So he's this incredible man. He used to cut my hair. I used to take my brother. He cut my brother's hair <laughs> because we knew, you know, we knew the only white barber that we knew, you know, that would give us a good deal. And um, sometimes he'd do it for free you know, because um, he was a friend of the community. So we put him, I put him in the play to honour him 
ironically, and he's still alive. So when we did the promenade play, he's, his shop was open. <laughs> but And ironically, I had an a- actor would play him. <laughs> and, and Arthur said to me, hey, I can act. Why do you put me in it? <laughs> so the Dirty Mile first premiered by Il Bidria. It was a promenade play. Now it's a radio play. What has stayed the same? Well, I would say um, the the key theme of this play was it's the story of dispersal of, of, of Victorian blacks. And if you look, the play was done in 2006. Since then, um, you know, to now, there are no organisations left in Victoria except the Aboriginal Health Service. So, again, because of you know the ex- the expensive rates of having an org- running an organ for Troy now, um, but also the fact that organisations tend to follow the community rather than the community have to get to them. What you're pointing to there, John, is that the blackfellas have been moved out of Fitzroy. Yeah, because blackfellas can't afford to live there anymore either. You know, um, and now it's 2022, and you know you walk down. Spiritually, you walk down Curtis Street and you could be in, you know, could be anywhere. It could be in Burke Street. You yeah. know, there's, the spirit's gone because the people are the spirit and the people are gone. That is a sad irony, John. And maybe having a listen to this play, someone could get a glimpse of that spirit again. Yes, yes. I think it's really important too for the current generation of, you know, all the hipsters in and around Gertrude and, you know, Smith Street, you know, it's just the place to be, the place to be seen, you know, it's the hipster central and none of them know the history of Fitzroy. And the irony is the very thing that made it the place that everyone wanted to come to was the black community of Fitzroy, you know, because they created a sense of community that everyone wanted to belong to. And then the irony is (laughs) the very people that created the community now no longer can be there. That was actor and playwright John Harding. John was speaking with the Ways Jerome Commissari about the radio adaptation of his 2008 promenade play, The Dirty Mile. It was produced by the Victoria Seniors Festival and is available to stream at the Seniors Online Victoria website. You'll find a link in a Ways show notes. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.